favorite meal? Not the one with the cheese, obviously. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would really wreak a lot of havoc. Um... Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, and we are taking a bit of a detour away from cruising this week over to one of our favorite topics, Adventures by Disney. And it sounds like our guest today had quite the adventure on her Egypt ABD trip, her recent Egypt ABD trip. And so I want to start by welcoming Jennifer to the show. Welcome, Jen. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're happy to chat with you again. We usually ask folks their cruising background, and we've had you on in the past, and you've talked about cruising and, and another and another Adventures by Disney trip, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly. But let's talk about your experience with Adventures by Disney, Jane, because I don't think this was your first ABD. And so how many of these have you done? Uh, well, the family, it's a little bit different for all of us. My son and I, this was our fifth trip, I believe. We've all been together on the Danube Christmas Markets River Cruise. That was back in 2019. And then with my son and daughter, I've done the uh, England, France, ABD. I guess this was our fourth, sorry. And then um, just with my son, I've done the Alaska one. So Chris has been on one, which was the Danube. And then the kids have been on either one or two, depending. Four ABD trips, that seems like some good experience with adventures by Disney. Over over what period of time, Jen? Um, I guess a few years. I think back in 2019, the summer, that was our first one where um, it was just myself and the kids because Chris had to bow out when he kind of got a new job last minute. And then um, later that same year over the Christmas holidays, we did the Danube. And then, of course, things shut down and we had several get canceled over the past couple summers. And so when the our um, Italy one got canceled last summer, Garrett, my son and I kind of hopped onto the Alaska one because it had some openings and gave that a try. And uh, now we all were back together over the New Year's holiday on this one. Before we dive into your specific trip here, Jen, what keeps you coming back to Adventures by Disney? Like, what What is it about the experience that seems to have hooked you from a vacation perspective? We definitely are game for doing some international traveling on our own. I mean, we did uh, Tokyo on our own and uh, we're going back to France on our own, hopefully in April. But I think it is nice to have, if the itinerary looks good, to have kind of everything organized and planned out. That's that's uh, certainly nice. And especially somewhere like Egypt, uh, as I'm sure we'll kind of talk about, you know, Tokyo was obviously very unfamiliar to us as well. But uh, Egypt, certainly it was nice to have that kind of extra level of comfort and security, especially with everything going on with COVID and, and travel chaos. And then also we were pretty introverted, but it's kind of nice to have the the group dynamic where you can, you know, you have the guides are excellent about getting everybody, keeping everybody engaged and, you know, providing like on the bus, you'll play trivia or do some you know, do some game or, or watch a movie or something. Um, so it helps, you know, distract the kids from kind of the, the more boring parts of travel in between or when something goes awry, as we had on this trip. It's great to have that extra security and uh, assistance. So I think that's probably the big part of it. You know, certainly we like a mix and ideally we prefer trips where we have a little bit of time on our own, either before or after. And then, you know, you have the week, the ABD, and then so you get kind of a nice mix. Remind our audience, how old are your kids? Because we know that these ABDs are not necess- not targeted to the very young kid crowd. No, yeah. I mean, I think even for the Egypt one, um, you know, it's, it's a better trip really for adults and older teens. Um, as, you know, we'll talk about it. It's just, you know, I think China's the same way. Some of those trips are just pretty exhausting itinerary-wise. But my kids are, my son is 10 and my daughter's 13. Well, let's shift over and talk about this specific trip because Egypt has been a newer addition to the Adventures by Disney lineup, I believe. Yeah, they've tried to go a couple times. They've had to cancel in the past for political unrest and then, of course, COVID. So this these really beginning in, I think, October were the first couple that ran. And then actually, they've been canceled since now that Egypt's at level four. The, the February through April trips were just pulled off the schedule, unfortunately. 
So is this one of the first Egypt ABD trips or did they do them before the sort of shutdown, I'll call it? I think the first ones were this past October. So they had a couple in October and then I think they had a couple in December and we were probably one of the last to go before they got pulled. And what attracted you to Egypt, Jen? What, what, uh, yeah, what was the, what was the desire to go to Egypt? Well, honestly, when things kept getting canceled, I mean, part of it was just, I think when the, the, brand new itineraries come out, that's sort of the optimal time to go because sometimes they end up pairing the itinerary back, which, you know, might be for the better sometimes because a trip like this is, like I said, it's it's pretty exhausting. So, um, and then also I just think, you know, we're trying to work our way around the continents and uh, not that we've covered very much of Europe or Asia, but obviously Africa was somewhere, you know, none of us had ever been, you know, much less the kids, of course, but we tried to go to Australia kind of at the a couple of years ago. And obviously that got pulled for COVID and is not reopening probably anytime soon necessarily. And then Egypt, you know, has uh, pretty steadily been below a level four until obviously now everything's a level four, but it was just sort of on our itinerary. And obviously, I mean, the history there and the, you know, the sites to see or I mean, they were, you know, they actually surpass the high. <laughs> so uh, they were amazing. So, I mean, but it, to be honest, it was somewhat of a lark. You know, we were just sort of looking through things. You I mean, you sign up for these. The only problem is sometimes a couple of years in advance. So you think, oh, that looks great, you know, and then <laughs> obviously a lot can happen in the world over a course of a year or two. Yeah, for sure. Well, th- so this was a 10-day Adventures by Disney. Is that right? Yes. And when when was the trip? When when did you take the trip? Uh, well, the I think the trip departure date, I want to say it was December 27th or 28th. It really began in earnest on the 28th, but I think they technically listed it maybe as the 27th. So we found a direct from JFK to Cairo and we, talking to the other people on the adventure, had by far the best flight. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I mean, with kids, yeah, you go for direct. So we, we had that booked the day after Christmas in the evening. So the only thought was then we had to get to JFK from San Antonio. And I think I had three directs on three different airlines from San Antonio to JFK canceled over the last you know six months. And finally, um, JetBlue started direct service just a few months ago from San Antonio to JFK. So, But to get that flight, we actually flew out the afternoon of Christmas. So we woke up, you know, opened the presents, gave the dogs to my parents and um, flew out to JFK that night and just spent the night in the TWA airport uh, hotel in JFK, which is, you know, kind of a, you know, like I got a madman decor and vibe. And uh, and that was, that was actually a lot of fun. I mean, our only complaint was the room was a little small with four people with a lot of bags, but, but yeah, that was great. I, I've never stayed there, but I hear that's actually a great option uh, in New York. If you really don't have enough time to get in the city, get into the city and do any sightseeing. Yeah, we sp- we spent a few days in the city on the way back because uh, Chris's folks and his sister live there, and so we spent a few days and you know saw a couple you know Broadway kind of just reopened after the temporary COVID closures. So you know I think unfortunately a couple of us came back from New York with COVID, but, but oh, uh, no. yeah, <laughs> but. Um, so it was a good bookend because it also allowed to break up the trip a little bit. Like we flew, it's, it's like a 12 hour flight from Cairo to JFK. So then that was kind of nice to just spend a few days in New York and have a little downtime. And then we flew back to San Antonio a couple of days later. Well, and so did you, so it sounds like you headed straight into the ABD trip. You didn't spend time beforehand in Cairo on your own. Is that right? We had about a day because the first day of the ABD, you actually don't have anything scheduled. Um, it's just meet the guides, you know, and then it really begins. Often they have a welcome dinner, but this just had a welcome breakfast. So we did spend one day on our own in Cairo. And I guess what were the requirements heading into Egypt for you? And did Adventures by Disney have more stringent requirements perhaps around, I don't know, any sort of pre-trip testing or anything like that? Um, I'm pretty sure everybody had to be vaccinated for Adventures by Disney. I'm basically positive about that. And we all are. My son was obviously the last of us who was eligible, but he was fully vaccinated as of the beginning of December. Egypt, in theory, said you only had to be vaccinated or tested, right? Not both. But we, before we travel, we tend to test everybody anyway, because we don't really want to, you know, you had to test to come back into the U.S., obviously. So just to be, I don't know, as responsible of travelers as you can be. We, we all PCR tested ourselves Christmas Eve and just sort of kept our fingers crossed. Hopefully they would come back in time because we knew it had to be a fairly short time interval. And, and I'm glad we did. I mean, we got them back the next day. 
They were all negative. And then we were asked at JFK by Egypt Air. They didn't even ask us to show our vaccine card. They, they wanted the test results. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, goodness, thank, you know, thank goodness we did uh, do it. And I had them printed out to show them. Now, I don't know if we could have argued that that wasn't the rule, because I, I think that would have been a tough argument. The, the couple in front of us was American. And um, I noticed that the same, you know, the same thing happened. And they as well had tests. So. But they did try to, um, you know, say, oh, we don't technically need the. But I, I think that's a hard argument because the rules change constantly. And, you know, and they can demand whatever they can, de- you know, they're going to demand. I was going to say, they, they, they can deny you boarding and then it's, sure. you know, yeah. going to get there. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the Adventures by Disney website, it looks like, yes, everyone has to be vaccinated. That is the protocol currently to, to mm-hmm. go on an EBD. Yeah. Just like the cruise, I think, you know, obviously younger than five aren't going on an ABD, so. But individual countries have such different rules. Um, and to your point, Very Jen, tough to keep it, track. yeah, you have to really keep track of that. Um, if you're entering a foreign country, it's not just ABD's rules you're talking about, but the foreign country's rules, the airlines rules, like foreign airlines might have different rules. And honestly, with as much trouble as travel was this holiday season, you know, as many flights were getting canceled, I was shocked that our trip was basically full with about 38 people and every single one of them made it. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm curious about one of the requirements on here they're mentioning is that they will actually send you an ABD cloth face covering that you must wear when on group shared transportation. And I'm just, was it that you had to wear what they sent you or could you wear any masks that you had available? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously... Some of the rules are somewhat arbitrary and strange. I think, you know, they did send their own masks and requested that you wear them on the bus, which, you know, most people did. I would say still sometimes, you know, you just forget and you have on whatever generic black mask, you know, we brought with us. And, you know, I very rarely saw them say, oh, could you just wear ours instead of that one or something? Just like it's a little strange that they're just sending the pins for each day ahead of time and not passing them out during the trip, ostensibly for COVID reasons when. I don't think that that makes a ton of sense to be honest, but well, it's just interesting to me because I'm seeing this. So many countries are moving to like KN95 as the standard. So to see them say we're going to send you our own cloth mask, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. anybody wears a mask in Egypt. To be honest, <laughs> we did. We were actually we had. I think it was a a driver at one point say to us, "This was not with ABD, just like a you know a taxi driver, or whatever." And he was like, "We don't have COVID here." <laughs> like well that's probably not, <laughs> not true. sure that's true but yeah <laughs> it's just it's uh you know each country is very different and and how they approach things obviously we wore ours on the bus we wore ours when we were indoors and when we were outdoors in a crowd and i would say you know there was everything from on the trip there was one family i noticed who really almost never wore theirs and then there were others who were double masking you know the whole time indoors and outdoors so um uh, it's, a, you know, I would say it's a fairly personal choice, you know, during the trip, except like I said, on the bus, you were s- supposed to be wearing it. Well, let's get into the trip for a second. You want to remind folks of like what is included on an Adventures by Disney? Because these are fairly expensive propositions, uh, but that carries with it kind of the Disney level of service and activities and all that sort of stuff, but also a lot is included. And so do, do you want to talk to folks through what's included on in the trip? Sure. I would say, um, you know, you're responsible for your flights there and back, although you can book through Disney. I actually booked the just the Egypt air portion of our flight through them this time, which I've never done. But I wanted it to be automatically canceled if they canceled the trip. You know, if it's like a Delta flight, I I use Delta all the time. So I wouldn't have necessarily an issue just taking the credit. But for Egypt air, I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going on my own. So and then um Basically, it kind of starts when you land. They have a greeter meet you at the airport. And for, you know, Cairo, it was very nice because they basically took our passports from us, which is a little scary. But then they kind of passport control and customs and everything for you while you sit in a lounge, which was, you know, a little odd. But that's kind of the way they handle it. And there was several of us because there were a couple private ABDs running to Egypt on the same itinerary at the same time. So we were there with a couple of those. And uh, then they transported us to the the hotel. And then from there, they basically handle everything, Um, especially for Egypt. Sometimes you're kind of left on your own for a meal or two, depending. But this itinerary was really pretty comprehensive. You know, all the tours, all the admission to the uh, sites, 
So obviously sleeping accommodations, meals, kind of everything was basically handled from start to finish. So Yeah, I was going to ask if they did more of the meal. I know that they typically include a lot of the meals, but not necessarily all of them. I was going to ask if they yeah. included more because it's very trip dependent. Yeah. 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 One, well, I also wonder if they were, you know, let's keep people together for COVID reasons and not wandering out all, you know, on their own. So, so they cover, you have two expert guides, right? You have meals, you have accommodations and you have any flights or other sort of, um, In, yeah. Internal transport. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. And internal transfers in the country. This trip looks like it hit a ton of places. Yeah. This one was pretty packed. <laughs> yeah. You started in Cairo for a couple of days. What kinds of things are you doing in, in Cairo on the front end of the trip? Um, so Cairo was, um, we kind of started out with our intro and then we, um, basically I'm trying to remember the first day it's been, you go to the Egyptian museum, which is kind of right across the street from the hotel. They're building what's called the gym or the grand Egyptian museum, which is basically done, but they are delaying the opening to after COVID and it is near the, the pyramids actually. And is gorgeous looking. The Egyptian museum is been around for a long time and, and the building kind of is, is showing its wear and, uh, you know, obviously having a lot of items removed from it. So, but we did kind of have a tour through that museum with the, the Egyptologists. We had kind of a de- dedicated Egyptologist our whole time in addition to the guides, uh, who was fabulous, actually. She's on, um, if you watch uh, Rick Steve's episode on Egypt, which only aired, I think, a few months ago. She was uh, a guest on his his program, so we we really got lucky. She she was wonderful. Her name was Marwa, but she took us through there. The King Tut collection is still there right now. The day before, we actually went on our own to the I think it's called the National Museum of Egyptian Civilization, which is actually only a few years old and really beautiful. And that's actually where most of, I think they have twenty two mummies. Most of the mummies are, which I think people don't realize. So we did that on our own, which I. Highly recommend because it it wasn't that crowded, unlike the Egyptian museum, which was pretty packed. And the mummies are actually in that one. So I don't think people necessarily realize that. And then the other thing we did on our own was a food tour, which I tend to do wherever we go, because I think that's kind of the, well, A, we like to, <laughs> we're, we're foodies. But um, B, I think it's, you know, just walking around a city with, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing and eating at local places. and you know, talking to people who, you know, who work at those places and, um, you know, talking to your, your guy, that's sort of the best way I think to enjoy and get a feel for a city. So, uh, the first full day with ABD after we did the Egyptian museum, uh, we had a break and then, um, that night, uh, we went into, or I guess it was late afternoon. We kind of went into old Cairo and you see, uh, the mosque of Muhammad Ali, obviously not the boxer, the, <laughs> <laughs> the once ruler <laughs> of Egypt. Sorry, <laughs> they had, I couldn't they had, help to, they had to point that out for uh, you know the Americans, of course, were like, like what? <laughs> and then uh, you see uh, the salad in the Citadel in Cairo, which is like an old kind of medieval fortification. So, so it was a pretty full day, but um, but a lot of fun, and uh, and you kind of have lunch at a, a restaurant, a park, which was okay. It was nothing kind of special, but the park was pretty. Well, it looks like day two here, Jen, and maybe part of day three are, I think, the thing people most associate with visiting Egypt, which is the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was it What was it like experiencing the pyramids? How'd that go? Well, I'm glad it was early in the trip when we were, A, also healthy and before you get exhausted because it's a tiring trip. But I think that was, they were amazing. I mean, you kind of have it in your head that they're cool, but you get there and I mean, just each individual block of stone is bigger than me. <laughs> it's it's just, I see now why people think aliens built them because, you know, it's just, <laughs> you look at them and you're, you just, it, it is amazing. And uh, you can go in um, the largest of the three pyramids, actually, which we were shocked. Uh, and it was, you know, a, I was kind of surprised the whole family did it because <laughs> we're not, I'm very adventurous. I'm the one that'll jump off the cliffs and do the the crazy stuff. But the the rest of the team is not always up for that. But uh, we all went in and it made me appreciate the time of year we went because we had gorgeous weather. I mean, it was 60s and 70s. If I can't imagine going to Egypt in the summer, <laughs> it would be so incredibly hot. And it was hot in the pyramid. But the pyramid was amazing. And then we went over to the, the Sphinx. And with ABD, you get um, kind of special access to go basically right up to the, the feet of the Sphinx, which most people are at, you know, a pretty significant distance. So that was incredible, you know, 
and you can touch everything, which is fascinating. <laughs> you wouldn't think they'd want people, you know, touching the base of the pyramid and touching the Sphinx. And, but, uh, and it was kind of the same thing in the museum. It was remarkably intimate. I don't know if the, the new museum will be this way, but I mean, everything was just sort of there almost. And I thought we shouldn't be letting people touch this. <laughs> Yeah, you you kind of expect it to be like the Louvre, right? Where where you can't get really close to anything. Any you know, you're at least at least five to ten feet away from every piece of artwork, pretty much. Yeah, it was pretty pretty fascinating. Well, and, and that's another thing I think is a hallmark of ABD, right, Jen? Is these specialized access moments, right? Yeah, they do, they do have some of that for sure. And then we ate. We basically that night they drove us. I don't know how, first of all, driving in Cairo is insane. I, I guess I didn't realize after Mexico City, it's like the second most populous city in the world. But the traffic, I mean, getting to and from the airport, one time it took us like 20 minutes. One time it took us an hour and a half because people just drive. There's no lanes. <laughs> they drive kind of however they want. They will stop and back up. And and so the poor bus drivers, I mean, they were incredible to be able to maneuver but anyway, they they um, they took us over to this uh, market that night where it's you have to haggle for everything. So <laughs> we were supposed to get a white elephant gift that way for the game kind of later in the trip. And uh, we were just not hagglers. <laughs> so I mean, the kids were just beside themselves at one point. They were like, oh, my God, we can't we can't handle this. But uh, it was an interesting experience. So we did that. And then we had dinner over in old Cairo and, and they did sort of a walking tour through old Cairo at night, which uh, was actually, I really enjoyed. It was really interesting. Now, it looks like from Cairo, you start to make your way to Aswan and the Nile River. And if I'm reading this correctly, you actually have like a river cruise component to the trip here down the Nile. Yeah, we, um, this day kind of went awry because um, I think on their itinerary, that was one thing where I don't think I'll be able to get at least my family to do again. This this trip had, I think it was like five internal flights, two of which we missed because uh, my daughter got sick, which we'll talk about. I mean, it's a lot. Um, and so this morning, for instance, the flights got delayed. So they had to cancel. We were supposed to go to Abu Simbel, kind of down on the southern border near Sudan. So that got canceled. So then they were just trying to get us to Aswan to board the ship. And that got delayed. So we ended up kind of waiting around at the in Cairo for a while. I mean, these guides, <laughs> these poor, poor guides, they were terrific. But I mean, the amount, whatever Disney pays them, it is not enough. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, the amount of logistics they had to get, you know, deal with, even when everybody's healthy and everything's going well is incredible. So, so they get us to the Cairo airport, and we're board kind of our delayed flights to get over to uh, as one. And then we we did still kind of go into um we went to what's called the Old Cataract Hotel, which is where uh, Agatha Christie stayed when she was writing kind of Death on the Nile, if I remember. So we got there late. We were supposed to be eating lunch there, but it basically became dinner. And then we got on the, the MS Tulip, which was the Nile River cruise. But this day was sort of when things went awry for us because my daughter woke up feeling unwell. And uh, I think what we she ended up having food poisoning. And basically what had happened is the night before at um, the Ritz, they had sort of a set uh, meal they were giving everybody because we were all eating together as a group. And um, it was kind of in this bar at the in the hotel. And a lot of, you know, basically everything had nuts on it and she has a nut allergy. So they clearly weren't prepared for allergies, which usually Disney's really good at. But, you know, it's, like I said, the first few times they're working out kinks in a country they don't normally visit. And so they said, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll find you something. And they, they kind of were gone for a while. And then they brought her out some cheese. It didn't look great. And I should have been smart enough to say, you know, and about taste. And she's like, oh, this tastes kind of funny, but she was starving. So she ate, you know, she ate it. And then, you know, the next day, oh, no, bad yeah, cheese. woke up feeling bad. And this led to you know, really, she ended up being sick on and off for the next three or four days. I mean, she had pretty bad food poisoning. <laughs> and so on a day where you're flying, it was really harrowing because she was she was pretty sick. Um, and then, of course, during COVID, you know, obviously, she didn't have it, it was pretty clear to me, you know, I'm a physician that it was clearly a, a GI thing. But but still, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to deal with when you're traveling. So that was New Year's Eve day. She was sick, you know, really that whole day. 
And then we were hoping she would kind of sleep it off that night. But um, starting about midnight, uh, <laughs> as the clock, you know, struck the new year, she was really miserable. So, I mean, I ended up, you know, asking the guides to call just kind of one of the local guy docs from the urgent care just to take a look at her as well. Because when you're examining your own child, you know, it's, it's hard to be uh, objective, obviously. So even though I was doing the exam and I'm like, this doesn't seem like appendicitis. It's, you know, not localized. She doesn't have rebound tenderness. It's still, you want sort of another opinion. Of course, <laughs> at the end of the trip, I was talking because <laughs> it was hard to, you know, for us to kind of bond with other people when we were dealing with her being sick. But I was talking to one of the other families on the trip and it turned out he was the, the chief of general surgery at, at A&M. <laughs> and I thought, oh, so you could have asked I was him. Like, and he said, oh, if I'd only known, you know, I would have, I would have come over. And you just, we didn't know. So I, sometimes when you're doing the introductions at the beginning of the trip, you typically only say your name, you know, where you're from, what you're looking forward to. But boy, I would like if they would do, <laughs> what is your job next time? <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, they, they did get a, a local guy who, you know, probably looked like he was 20, maybe he was <laughs> very young. And he came on and he really didn't have any equipment, and but he did examine her and, you know, said he, he agreed with me. And so that at least gave us some reassurance. But yeah, it was a tough few days. So the next day, New Year's Day, is when they actually ended up flying down to Abu Simbel. And we all stayed on the boat, obviously, because she was still not feeling well. But they, I think it was a pretty exhausting day from what I was, because they flew, they, it was New Year's Eve. So everybody was up past midnight and they got up at like 5 a.m., flew down to Abu Simbel. You know, flew back, went over to the uh, Temple of Isis, I think. I'm not sure because I wasn't there that day, but uh, and then came back to the boat. And then Garrett and I joined them to go see the Temple of Kamambo uh, that night because they did kind of a night visit to that. So, oh, interesting. So they left the boat, but the, with the plan or the itinerary was that they came back to the boat? Yeah, we spent a few nights on the boat. And that part was nice because, you know, you would just like the river cruises, you would be traveling the Nile and then you would get off and, and see something and then, you know, come back to the boat. So yeah, they just did a short, like, I think it was a 30 minute quick flight down to Abu Simbel and then back. Yeah. And it looks like they did the, an unfinished obelisk, the temple of Philae or Philae. Yeah. That's the Isis temple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the temple of Kamambo, which it sounds like. Yeah. That's visit. where we went that night. And that was a lot of fun because it's sort of a half of it is Horus, the falcon god, and then the other half's kind of for Sobek, which is the crocodile god. And then they have a little museum with mummified crocodiles at the end of the temple. But the temples are, I mean, they really are incredible and beautiful. And um, But, you know, our poor guides were up part of the night, obviously, for New Year's and then part of the night with us because, you know, we ended up deciding to call a doctor around four or five in the morning. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, cu I'm curious, just to, just to hang here for one second, Jen. So how much did your daughter getting sick end up impacting your overall trip? I would say pr pretty dramatically, because even though we had two rooms and uh, Garrett was pretty shielded from it, Chris and I, I mean, I would, one of us was up with her, you know, at all times. So I was up most of the nights and then he would be taking the days with her. So he and her missed out on about probably about half um, the activities because um, she was sick on and off for several days. And obviously for her, you know, miserably sick really <laughs> colors your experience of something. And, uh, and then they didn't get to participate in a few days. And then, um, you know, I still took my son out to do a lot of the activities during the day, but, you know, I wasn't sleeping at night. So, so it, uh, it was tiring. And then you're just, um, you're worried, right? Because your child is sick and, uh, We've been lucky, you know, we really hadn't had to deal with anybody getting ill in another country. But, um, you know, I thought, God forbid, this is appendicitis. You know, I asked the the local doc, I said, well, you know, can we get a CAT scan if it's appendicitis, if I think it's appendicitis? And he said, no, we don't have that. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. I didn't oh, even goodness. think about that. Yeah. Jen. And then she she kind of rebounded the next day and was able to go to the, the Luxor Temple with us. And then she got she started doing poorly again. Um the night after that. And, um, you know, I said, well, if we can just get her an IV, you know, and she can get rehydrated, I think she'd feel a lot better. And, uh, and that was probably our hardest night because they said, okay, we're going to call somebody to the boat to see her. And this guy was, um, kind of much more together. You know, he kind of, he brought gloves, he brought equipment, you know, he did a, a more thorough exam and he, 
you know, he agreed with me again and said, yeah, I think, you know, she needs to be rehydrated. So let's take her to the urgent care and do that. And I, I said, OK, fine. And kind of talked her into doing that. So, yeah, we were all in agreement that she should go off to the urgent care and get an IV. And then the guides were on the phone, I think, with ABD and came back and said, no, we can't take her off because it'll be an issue with the Ministry of Tourism. And so that panicked us because we said, well, what do you mean she can't go off the boat? <laughs> so that was kind of frightening. And obviously, I wanted to keep everybody calm. So I was kind of like, I just said, OK, no problem. You know, can we do it here on the boat? And kind of everybody talked and they said, yeah, yeah, we should be able to do that. But then it was honestly sort of disastrous. You know, he he came back. She was pretty dehydrated. So he stuck her maybe, I don't know, four times <laughs> in the wrist, the hand. You know, and she's like, she's 13, but she's still a kid and it's painful. And so, you know, so we're up all night trying to do this and she's crying and, um, you know, although handling it as best she could and they, they couldn't get it. So then it's like, we've put her through all this and we couldn't even get the IV and they basically just gave her a shot to knock her out. <laughs> so, so they I mean, couldn't get, they couldn't get it in her hand. They couldn't get it. No. And I thought about trying to do it myself, but again, you're like, you know, this is not great to be um, doing it on your, your own. Child, on, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it was just it was it was a rough night. And, uh, you know, the guys, like I said, one of them was, you know, there with us and which was very kind and, and trying to help us reassure. And and honestly, once they knocked her out and she slept for about 12 hours, she was remarkably better. Right. Because she finally because it was three nights without sleep for her, too. Right. For so. But then when she had a good night's sleep, she could at least probably drink some fluids exactly. and so feel then better. That finally kind of got her over the, the hump. But it was it was a rough few days, you know, and it was right in the middle of the trip. So uh, anyway, so, I mean, you know, it happens, obviously. But um, that certainly, you know, it was like I said, it was at least good to be with a group and having people help us deal with it, you know, and. I brought a lot of meds with me, but for instance, you know, there were one or two things, you know, Kareem, who was our, um, two, one of our two guides and who was the Egyptian guide. He's like, no, no, you know, I'll run to the pharmacy and get, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. So that was really helpful. Meanwhile, in the day in between, um, Garrett and I did go out during the day while they were resting and we saw, um, we went to the Karnak temple. And then that evening we actually all went to the Luxor temple kind of, uh, before she got sick again. And it was beautiful because that was a private after hours tour where it was just our group with the temple to ourselves. So it's pretty amazing. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new Genie technology and everything. Like I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So Remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Days. So I guess this into day seven, it looks like here, Jen. Were you able to participate in this, the Valley of the Kings and King Tut's tomb? Yeah. The, so that was the night we were, the night before that was the last night we were up all night. And uh, we were flying to Sharm el Sheikh later that evening. And so we, we talked um, to the guides and we said, you know, can Violet and Chris just rest on the boat all day? Because in theory, we were supposed to be all packed and just on the buses and we were going to do the Valley of the Kings and then go to the airport. 
And they, you know, like I said, kind of were kind enough to change around the itinerary and said, yeah, just let them rest. We'll come back and pick them up on the way to the airport. So we were kind of like, fingers crossed, she'll feel well enough to fly kind of to this last spot to Sharm el And I just decided, you know, I couldn't sleep that night because we were up most of the night with her and it was stressful anyway. And so, uh, you know, I went ahead and I went with Garrett and we did go down to the Valley of the Kings, which um, that was the only day it was a little hot because you're in really the desert for that uh, tour. But it was it was pretty cool. I mean, they have like, I think it's 60 something tombs and they open a few each day. Of course, um, Tomb Common, I think, is always open because that's a popular one to see. And then they had, um, I think, Ramsey's the ninth, I want to say, and one other one open. So so that was really fun. I mean, you get to walk in the tombs, the, the paintings still have their original paint in the tombs. One thing I was amazed with Egypt is compared with Greece, which we'd been to the summer previously, everything is really in immaculate shape. You know, all the carvings and the temples and the tombs and the paintings are, are really, you know, really quite stunning. And uh, Garrett and I really enjoyed kind of walking around the tombs. And then we we came back, picked them up. Violet was feeling a ton better after finally sleeping. So that really, you know, everybody kind of breathed a sigh of relief, even though by then it was basically the last day or two of the trip. And we flew out to uh, Sharm el Sheikh and bless his heart, one of the guides, Kevin, who'd, you know, been up with us all the night before, you know, been on this tour um, to the Valley of the Kings, you know, still was like kind enough because he was a big Nintendo player like Garrett. And he, you know, came over, went during the plane ride and he said, you know, Garrett, come play, you know, um, switch, you know, Nintendo switch with me and had Garrett come sit with them. And that just, you know, just that like half hour, because we've been focusing so much on Violet, you know, just that half hour of like playing video games with Garrett, you know, meant a ton to Garrett and would not have been something necessarily I would have thought about doing, especially after not sleeping <laughs> for yeah, well, 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, he, he needed some one-on-one attention from someone at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just, and it, you have 38 people in your tour and it was just, it just sort of points out, I mean, the guides really are, you know, really incredible people and uh, really make the trip sometimes. Well, I'm interested. So you, you make it to Sharm el and it looks like, you know, they have kind of a beach day plan of some scuba diving and then some sort of, it looks like a Bedouin themed dinner. Yeah, I think it's it's wise because by then, even the people who had not gone through the sickness, you know, issue we had, and we actually the the couple, the uh, family that was the surgeon who was from A and M, his wife ended up breaking her ankle in Egypt the day before the trip started, and so she was walking around in a boot the whole time. <laughs> so it was really nice after kind of an exhausting trip to have this just time. It's basically you're right, just a beach day, and. Um, the next day for the snorkeling, Violet and I are the only snorkelers in our family anyway. And since she was still recovering, she and you know the kids and Chris just hung out at the resort and relaxed. And I um, went on the, the boat to snorkel and the snorkeling was incredible. I mean, you're snorkeling in the Red Sea and um, you know the, the fish are amazing. And we saw stingrays and, and even in you know, an eel straight out of Little Mermaid. It was sticking its head out of the, you know, the rocks. And um, and uh, the scenery was beautiful and the weather was beautiful. So, and honestly, it was kind of nice just to relax and snorkel and, uh, <laughs> you know, not be... You know. Yeah, to not have to be a parent for a second. Yeah, yeah. So even though I would have loved to have had her on the boat with me to snorkel, you know, I was, I was thrilled at least. I mean, I appreciate getting to go. But uh, yeah, the resort was very nice and relaxing. And uh, they did sort of the, the Bedouin dinner that night. And we finally did the white elephant game, which we had been putting off for days just because the chaos of the trip. So that was really fun. Everybody kind of exchanged gifts and, you know, and stole gifts from each other. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I have just a really sort of, I guess, almost basic question here about these trips, Jim, which is how do you pack for one of these? Because... It's yeah, not, it's not like a cruise. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, it's not like a cruise where you get on board with one piece of luggage and maybe you do a little laundry, you know, if you have to, if you want to pack lighter, this is, you're actually moving from place to place and, you know, but you also have to account for, you're going to be on a river cruise boat at some point. And so, yeah, it's very challenging. I mean, we brought too much luggage, but you exactly, you don't know kind of what to pack or where you'll get to do laundry. Luckily the resort at Sharm el did have actually very cheap. You could send a bag of clothes you know, and the resort would just return it to you later that day or the next day for a very reasonable fee. And so we were like, oh my goodness, if we'd known this, <laughs> of course you have to make it till then. 
but uh, we finally were able to yeah send some laundry to be done and uh, I don't know Chris was the best of us he packed just kind of one modest sized bag and then the kids and I packed a ton of stuff but you know you're also you're picking up souvenirs and you're you know packing things for all sorts of weather I mean we needed everything from winter coats in New York to uh, uh, swimsuits um, for this day so it was a challenge. <laughs> I wanted to ask specifically too uh, about this Bedouin themed dinner and beach party. What what was that like? <laughs> I just uh, I'm curious what that was about. Uh, for so for this, they just had it at the resort. Uh, so we kind of ate dinner at our own individual tables because we're not they weren't sharing tables so much during COVID. Although we did have uh, one single traveler who I noticed would kind of sit with various groups. She was super friendly and so kind of you know worked her way between um, you know kind of the friends she made on the trip. And then um, afterwards, we all went to sort of an outdoor area where they, you know, passed out some desserts and they had um, a belly dancer and they had, um, it's hard to describe, a gentleman who had this (laughs) colorful um, skirt and then thing he would twirl in the air, which lit up. And so they had some entertainment and then we, we played the white elephant game, which probably took up most of the time. So, I mean, it wasn't anything that extravagant, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And it looks like day nine is basically just another day at the resort to get ready to head back to Cairo. There are no activities planned. Yeah, this day they they tested everybody in the I want to say this was the day. Yeah, we all tested at the hotel in the morning. Those of us who were flying out the next day because your test has to be in 24 hours of going back to the U.S. Some people were staying after. And so we're going to have to have their tests um, in Cairo. But we tested this morning. And so that's nerve-wracking right because you're i was joking that disney maybe just pays them to give us all negative tests so they can get rid of us <laughs> yeah because like after the experience you had you probably didn't want to get uh, stuck in egypt no we were kind of terrified um and then actually this was tough for us too because we flew out to cairo that day and chris and i and the kids actually they, they denied us boarding because the internal flights disney schedules them it's like an open jaw ticket so because we had not gone to Charm, no, um, Abu Simbel, we were kind of listed as not showing up, you know, for that flight. And so they wouldn't let us board. And so that was nerve wracking because the Egypt airports already, this was actually another issue for Chris. I guess it didn't bother me as much, but it's a lot of security, understandably, right? So you're going through a ton of metal detectors, you're being uh, patted down a lot. And, uh, you know, it's another reason, thank goodness, we had we had Kevin and Kareem are our guides and Kareem, you know, was Egyptian. And so he was trying to argue with them to let us on and they wouldn't do it. So he had to run back through security to the Egypt Air desk. And then it took him a good 40 minutes to do whatever he did to get us reticketed. And then uh, we sort of just made the flight. <laughs> and obviously, you know, we did not want to be left. <laughs> to, to uh, even if, you know, we were supposed to just get a lighter flight, you know, obviously we wanted to stay with the group for obvious reasons. So yeah, so that was another thing I guess Disney has to think about if something goes wrong, or even if just somebody, like I said, it's a tiring trip. So even if there were a couple of other younger kids on the trip, did every activity, but say, you know, a family wanted to sit out something and just stay on the riverboat, um, I guess this does create an issue. Because like I said, we had trouble um, that was our only flight issue, but it was a little bit harrowing because uh, luckily we were able to board and everybody flew back to Cairo. And then, you know, this was a hard day because we flew back to Cairo and then um, the traffic was just insane. I mean, it took us close to two hours on the bus to get just from the Cairo airport to our hotel. So we got into the hotel actually pretty late for the farewell dinner. We were a couple hours late, but we got negative test results and the whole group was negative, And so everybody was... <laughs> Very happy, <laughs> or at least everybody was negative that was having to fly out. So it was a it was a crazy trip, but I mean, I Egypt was amazing, and honestly, I'd love to go back sometime. And uh, but it it'll, it'll be on my own, I think. <laughs> Before we get to the the this last leg of your trip, flying back to New York, um, I guess the the other adventure that happened uh, there. I'm curious about the security situation in Egypt and Egypt is part of the Middle East and that can be a politically unstable part of the world and can be a scary part of the world for a lot of people. 
And so I'm curious as to how you felt throughout, you know, the travel in Egypt and what that was like. Yeah, no, I would just say security. I mean, it's definitely an ever-present issue in your mind and something that's hard to ignore. I mean, we had, we were required to have an armed guard with us, you know, at kind of all times during the trip. And I mean, he was, you know, obviously just sort of there and, but it, it was obvious that he was there and, uh, you know, and I suppose necessary. And then the airports are, are harrowing. There's a lot of security. There's a male line and a female line because you have to get patted down constantly. And for us, it was fine because we had, you know, Garrett would go with Chris and Violet would go with me, but there was a mom traveling with a son about Garrett's age. And I didn't notice if they made them split up or not. I, I would hope not because I know, for instance, Garrett would not be comfortable going in a line by himself. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of security and uh, you definitely have to know to expect that. And I came out of it saying, fine, you know, it's just the price of, of traveling there. But um, Chris was like, mm, I'm, you know, he's not interested in, in traveling in a country. You know, it made him rethink, for instance, China was high on our list. And I think between the, the internal flights, which I agree, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tiring, especially with kids and just the, um, the political <laughs> orientation of some countries. It is something I guess we had not really thought about beforehand. And then now that we've done that, it, you know, it's, you kind of have to look at, for instance, I will be going to Europe again next or, or Japan. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because I think this is the sales pitch for Adventures by Disney, right? Is that you you show up and they shepherd you from location to location. But it sounds like for this trip, you know, some hiccups happened and that kind of inter- interrupted the value of that. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, um, I mean, I was obviously it was we had the hiccups and it's uh, but on the other hand, you know, we our flights all went smooth. Luckily, really, the first time we've had a sickness hiccup. Obviously, I don't know if you remember, but getting to England and France on our first ABD, I mean, we were driving in a truck with strangers from Kalamazoo to Detroit trying to get our plane. So <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> we're, we're no strangers like everybody to travel disasters. <laughs> but I, I think what I always try to emphasize with the kids is, you know, things are going to happen, right? You have to stay calm. You have to figure out, I mean, it's good life problem solving skills. You have to figure out how to deal with the issues, but it, it certainly is reassuring um, to have, you know, yeah, the extra layer of help when things come up. So um, certainly there are places in the world like Egypt that I would want to be in with a group that I felt secure with, I think. Well, I think that's a good lesson for travel in general. I mean, you know, your kids may someday be back, back backpacking through Europe and, you know, they'll learn some life lessons there too, right? And so, but there is also the, you know, not every destination is for every person. And some people are a little bit more nervous about, you know, certain things than others. Like it sounds like, you know, your husband felt a lot more uncomfortable with the airport situation than you did. And I can certainly understand that. Yeah, we are definitely very different travelers. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, obviously you want everybody to enjoy themselves. So you kind of have to figure out the places and the types of trips where you can do that, I will say. It was a good lesson in that. <laughs> well, you round out in Cairo. You obviously make it back to New York. It sounds like you hit a COVID hiccup there. You want to, uh, what, what happened, Jen? Is everyone okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're fine. I, I, I say, I, I think, right, we were there in New York. I think Omicron's peaked there on the 7th, which we were there that day. <laughs> and New York is, um, is very good about asking for vaccination records to go anywhere and do anything um, and very good about masking. And um, Chris's folks and his sister never had any issue. Um, but when we came back, I guess a day or two after we came back, Chris was sick with a cold and he tested himself and he was negative. And then Garrett became um, sick really mainly with a headache and a little bit of some sniffles a couple days after that. And he tested positive. That being said, it was going around his, I think every poor, every kid in his class ended up with it at some point. So he very well could have, you know, Chris could have had a cold and Garrett could have had something from his class. I don't know, you know, or um, and we tested him again and he was negative. So it's it's hard to know if, you know, who really had what, but, and Violet and I were, were fine. So. I mean, look, it's a good reminder to folks out there. I mean, we, we had our crews on the fantasy and Nathan got sick and ended up Sam and I got sick. It wasn't COVID, but 
travel can you can still get sick when you travel even if it's not covid so so these days it's more important to plan ahead but but uh you know it, it's also you got to kind of, kind of got to roll with it a little bit and it sounds like you did and um, i mean it still sounds like it was a fun trip overall or uh how do you, how do you feel about the trip overall <laughs> yeah i mean for me it was amazing um the sights were just so much more incredible i think than even what i thought they would be and I think, unfortunately for Violet and Chris, really, it was not something they're going to have necessarily super positive memories about just because of uh, everything that happened. But that being said, you know, they still really like ABD and we're, we're looking forward to when we get to do another. And it just, you know, they just take away from it that there's different things that they're interested in doing, which is fine. Uh, and then Garrett and I had obviously a, a much more positive experience. But I mean, I'm perfectly happy to criticize Disney when I think, you know, things are going awry, like in the parks, maybe, but they did absolutely, I think the best they could with, with a few hiccups, right? We, they have to, I think, reconsider maybe allergy, people with allergies and what they're going to eat. And, um, and uh, just the, the, the airline hiccups that can come up if somebody doesn't take part of the open jaw flights, but well, I guess before we shift over to Sam for rapid fire here, Jen, I'm curious, uh, what's next for you and your family in terms of travel? Are you taking a break or have you got something planned? Uh, I always have something planned. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's whatever I have downtime. I like to, to get out and do stuff. And I think COVID has only made me feel that even more because you just never know when you're going to get to get out there. But um, we're hoping to go back to France in April because Chris never got to go and we really, really loved Paris and we'd like to spend more time there. And so we're just going, you know, on our own, hopefully, um, if the world, uh, reopens and, um, and then, uh, for ABD, we're hoping to go on the Italy itinerary this summer. Obviously they haven't been back to Europe for any ABDs in two years. So We'll see. They've canceled everything through April, I think, for now. And so we'll, we're hoping they reopen in June because we were going to um, go, the four of us, with Chris's folks who are uh, Italian. And so um, I think it'd be really great to all get to go. And uh, it's supposed to be kind of their most well-run and kind of one of their best regarded itineraries. So we were really looking forward to that. Well, I think we've reached that point in the show, Sam, where I'm going to throw it over to you for a little rapid fire. So Sam, why don't you take it away? Awesome. Okay. Jen, these are going to be ABD focused. I'm going to ask you some some questions that are going to be focused on this trip in particular, and then some more general ABD. So uh, my first question is, what was your, the favorite, your favorite site visited on this ABD trip? Uh, oh, that's tough. There were a lot of good ones, but I think the Sphinx, that was, that was pretty incredible. Favorite museum visited? Um, I'm going to say the, we only visited a couple of the museums, but probably the, the museum of Egyptian civilization with the mummies. That was, that was amazing. Favorite meal. Not the one with the cheese, obviously. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would really wreak a lot of havoc. I would, I would say the last meal it was, even though it was in that same hotel, it was a different restaurant. And, um, <laughs> And I just think, you know, we were finally all healthy again and uh, we got our negative test results so we were going to be able to come back. And uh, just, you know, the feeling that it didn't quite go as planned, but, you know, we made it and um, we'd been to Africa and we'd been to Egypt. And with all the craziness in the world right now, that's no small feat. <laughs> hey, can I, I want to ask a question, Jen, about the food itself. I, um what was the local food experience like? Did, did did you have anything that was truly standout or interesting on the local side of things? One night they, <laughs> we ate at a restaurant where you had um, pigeon, which actually Chris has eaten before at uh, Remy of all things on the DCL ship. But um, this was like, it was like stuffed and you kind of ripped it apart with your hands. And it was not super popular. I have to say. <laughs> with, uh, so that was pretty nuts, but we we joke. The running joke was that uh, you had mixed grill everywhere you went. That was that was a big thing. Um, kind of skewers of meat. <laughs> so the kids are like, "Is it going to be mixed grill?" <laughs> so that was a bit of a running joke. But uh, on our um, food tour, we did. I mean, we had some some great items. I mean, the, they make falafel with uh, fava beans instead of chickpeas there, which was great, and. Um, we got to try all these kind of different juices that we, we don't really have here. 
which was wonder, you know, good kid friendly, um, even though my kids are adventurous eaters and they'll try everything. And then the food tour also offered cow brains that were fried. And that was the only thing I was like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not eating that because uh, I'm like, I don't want anybody to get a prion disease or something. And, and thank God, because the one person who wanted to try it was Violet. And if oh. she had tried it and then gotten the sickness, even though it was not from there, then I really would have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, see, not trying the cow brains worked out, but oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always an adventure. <laughs> All right, favorite souvenir from the trip? Uh gosh, we got a lot of stuffed camels, but um I think I, I ended up with these little teacups that were hand painted that um we stole from another family, <laughs> the white elephant that were really cute. And we were like the third people to steal. <laughs> so I felt really accomplished. Uh, and then we, uh, we uh, went to a uh, place that paints parchment at some point during the trip. It was sort of just kind of a extra thing they did. And they, uh, Garrett and I got to um, paint the symbols for our cartouche. And uh, so that was fun. It was like a fun kind of activity that he and I did. And, and then you got to bring them home. So. All right. My last two questions are just more general ABD. So what was your, what's been your favorite ABD itinerary? Oh, I think, um, I think our favorite guides were on the, the, these guides were great, but the England France trip, they were really fabulous. But our favorite itinerary for me personally was probably the Christmas market cruise on the Danube because the markets were just, you know, beautiful. And I loved being able to just uh, we are, we are walkers. We, you know, the internal flights and the buses are, they're a little tough for us because we have motion sickness issues with, you know, several family members. So to be on the riverboat and just be able to walk off at each stop for the most part. Right. And, um, occasionally there's a short bus ride, uh, and just to walk around, you know, the city and then walk back on the boat. That is uh that's our style of travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Bucket list ABD. So one you haven't done, let's set aside Italy because we know that that's the one you've got already planned. So other than that, that Italy one, what is one that is on your list that you, you've got to do? You don't have it booked yet, but you're going to do it at some point. I would say China, but now I think I'll be the only one doing it. And <laughs> the one I think that we would all maybe like to do is the New Zealand itinerary. It looks pretty incredible, but, uh, Boy, that's a long trip. So uh, I think uh, it'll be several years if, if, if and when we make it there. So. Well, Jen, we love having you on. Your family has such fascinating and far-flung adventures. We're sorry to hear that you hit the hiccups you did with this ABD, but I'm glad that uh, you know the trip overall was a, was a good one for you. I just really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your experience with, uh, with our listeners. And uh, we hope to have you back in the future after even more adventures. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Jen's adventures by Disney trip with her family to Egypt. I love having her on because she does go to such interesting places with her family. And so it's always great to get her perspective on those far flung adventures. Also a good reminder out there that as you think about traveling right now, you know, just be prepared. Things can go wrong and uh, you have to be prepared to roll with it. Have backup plans if possible. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from Boomer1234, who writes, Great show. Our family loves cruising with DCL, and the duo provide excellent, up-to-date info with great fun. Well, thank you, Boomer1234. We really appreciate the review, and we do try to keep it fun on the show, and we hope that comes through because we have such a great time doing it. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening again this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts leave us those five-star reviews we love reading them on the air each week we love connecting with you our listeners so head over there leave us those five-star reviews love 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 each and every one of them if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo and also head over to our dclduo vlog and podcast facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded dclduo fans and cruisers like yourself and also over to youtube.com slash dclduo for even more great content we have been publishing more videos and we hope to keep doing that so stay tuned over there and check it out. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and 
every one of our Patreons out there. And also head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation to let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.